What is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender. And uh, remember, get the podcast. It's free. Comes right to your smartphone or tablet every single day. Go to WBT.com and you can subscribe there. Um, so I'm going to start someplace that's not Ukraine, but we probably will eventually get there. Um, I'm going to start with a, a memo that Democrats have been circulating. It's a national memo. It comes from an organization called Impact Research. And for all of the people who want to deny that politicization of the COVID response was a bipartisan deal, because for some reason, like I know that there are a lot of people on the right, obviously, who see the politicization from the Democrats, but but there are a lot on the left that don't believe they have done anything to politicize it. It's just all dumb Trumpers. It's just dumb flyover country, knuckle-dragging, mouth-breathing Republicans, uh, conservatives, anti-science deniers, like they're the reason they made it political because of Joe Biden. But this memo from Impact Research, which, by the way, um, got this email from, well, let's just say uh, somebody in government sent it over to me and said on its website, Impact Research lists as clients Governor Cooper, Attorney General Stein, the North Carolina Senate Democrats, and the NEA Education Project. Okay? So this organization does work for North Carolina Democratic leaders. Here's the memo. It is addressed to interested parties. It came out about four, well, yeah, about four or five days ago. Uh, or That's when it was written. I came across it, I think, yesterday. Somebody had gotten access to it, leaked it out on Twitter. And the subject line is taking the win over COVID-19. And here's their strategic thoughts, they call them. Their strategic thoughts for Democrats positioning themselves on COVID-19. After two years that necessitated lockdowns, travel bans, school closures, mask mandates, and nearly a million deaths, nearly every American finally has the tools to protect themselves from this virus. It's time for Democrats to take credit for ending the COVID crisis phase of the COVID war. Point to important victories like vaccine distribution and providing economic stability to Americans and fully enter the rebuilding phase that comes after any war. This is the messaging. What I'm about to read for you is the messaging that you should expect to hear in the next uh, several months as we run up to the next election. So number one, declare the crisis phase of COVID over and push for feeling and acting more normal. Thanks to Democrats, we are nowhere near where we were two years or even one year ago. See, thanks to Democrats. They're, They're going to claim credit for the virus behaving like a virus. They're going to take credit for 
beating COVID, even though it doesn't ever go away. We can't say it's a COVID zero, and they mention that later on in their memo. But they're claiming credit. They're claiming victory. They're taking the win. Democrats have a tremendous opportunity to claim an incredible, historic success. They vaccinated hundreds of millions of people. Yeah, see, Democrats did that. See, again, is this the Republicans politicizing this, or is this Democrats politicizing this? This is a literal memo to Democrats telling them to politicize it. We're all in this together, but thanks to us, you listened. It prevented the, and the Democrats prevented the economy from going into free fall. Uh, Jerry might be still out on that one. You may want to give that one some room to breathe. Let's just see what happens, huh? That gas hit $5 a gallon yet in San Francisco? They, they were trending at the top. L.A. was second. They want to say that they kept small businesses from going out of business. And uh, they got people back to work safely. Because of President Biden and Democrats, we can safely return to life feeling much more normal, and they should claim that proudly. It's only the Democrats, you see. By the way, you know where the Democratic governors held their big um, their big conference, their strategy meeting the other day? Florida. <laughs> they went to Florida. Number two, recognize that people are, quote-unquote, worn out. And feeling real harm from the years-long restrictions and take their side. You need to be on their side, Democrats. Which is kind of weird that you have to tell Democrats to be on the side of people who have felt real harm from the policies that Democrats are claiming credit for enacting. And only Democrats. Most Americans have personally moved out of crisis mode. Twice as many voters are now more concerned about COVID's effect on the economy than about somebody in their family or someone they know becoming infected with the coronavirus. It's about a 50 to 25 uh, percentage point difference there. So 50% or more worried about the economy, 49 or 49% or more worried about the economy, 24% more worried about somebody they know becoming infected. Two-thirds of parents and 80% of teachers say the pandemic caused learning loss. I think it's still zero NCAE leaders, though, that agree. And voters are overwhelmingly more worried about learning loss than kids getting COVID. They talk then about the more we talk about the threat of COVID and onerously restrict people's lives because of it, the more we turn them against us and show them we're out of touch with their daily realities. In other words, they're coming around to the same position that a lot of us held like a year ago. And by the way, the response to this, which I got when I sent this out uh, yesterday on Twitter, was that, oh, you know, this this is different than it was two years ago. Fair enough. We are in a different place now than we were two years ago. We're also in a different place than we were a year ago, which is when people started saying, hey, we need to return to normal. It's gone endemic. All right, we'll get to more of the memo in a moment. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. A reminder that tonight we have the State of the Union speech. The president will deliver. WBT will carry it. Brett Winterbull will host it and uh, offer uh, reaction and commentary afterwards. So... 
if you are inclined. It's going to start at nine o'clock, which like I did not, I did not think the president stayed up that late. But we're going to find out <laughs> tonight at the State of the Union. By the way, I quit caring about the State of the Union speech years ago. I really did. I mean, after the whole uh, "you lie" moment, I didn't think it could really get any better. So. Oh, it's just a laundry list of stuff that they read through. And I mean, I will watch tonight, though, and I will listen tonight because I'm genuinely interested if Biden is going to be able to make it all the way through. But if he gets into that that uh, that shouty old man kind of persona, he starts whispering stuff into the mics like I want to see. Is he going to like sniff somebody's hair in the gallery? Stuff like that. So I am kind of curious. That's tonight at nine. Have I sufficiently sold that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we actually used to do big promotions of it. We had theme music, State of the Union. Like, oh, it was a yeah, big deal. Anyway, back to this uh, memo that Democrats are circulating in advance of the State of the Union tonight at 9 on WBT. Uh, Impact Research. This is the firm. It's done a bunch of work for North Carolina Democrats, but also nationally. And they put out a memo to Democrats saying, take the win. Over COVID-19. Acknowledge COVID still exists and likely will for a long time, they say. We are not advising Democrats talk like Republicans who have largely ignored the pandemic, even pre-vaccine. Okay. Don't talk like the Republicans. But if you're saying the same things that Republicans are saying, doesn't that mean that you're talking like Republicans? How do you think Republicans talk? They want to keep claiming credit. They want to say all of the things that we did are the reason why we are emerging as we are. We defeated COVID. We beat the crisis. Shutdowns, masks, lockdowns, they were meant to save lives, they say, when there was not yet a vaccine that can do that. Now, okay, maybe some of these things lasted way beyond the rollout of the vaccines, but still. Number four. Don't set COVID zero as the victory condition. Americans also don't think that victory is COVID zero. They think the virus is here to stay. And they have, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm cutting out like all of the statements that I'm giving you. They've got citations for uh, polling. So what they're doing is they're advising Democrats to shift their messaging based on polling. So Democrats have a better chance of winning some races in November. You tell me now if this is the science and data. Is that what this is? By the way, I feel the need to explain why I chant it like that. It's because in the the high church of the branch Covidians, you simply say those words and it's an incantation. It, it, it conjures up authority and credibility. That's all you need to do is just chant those words and all uh, opposition fades away. That's the best I can tell. I, I can't figure out any other reason why they keep citing those things like this. They're, I mean, they're using polling data, which I guess is data, but they're using polling data to tell Democrats to take the victory. Okay. Uh, next up, the fifth and final talking point, or uh, what do they call these? They're strategic thoughts. Stop talking about restrictions and the unknown future ahead. Tell me if that doesn't perfectly sum up like 99% of the questions that reporters asked 
Roy Cooper and Gibby Harris and every other elected official during the course of the pandemic. It was all about restrictions and what lies ahead. Tell us what's coming. Tell us what's coming. They say if we focus on how bad things still are and how much worse they could get, we set Democrats up as failures, unable to navigate us through this. When 99% of Americans can get vaccinated, we cause more harm than we prevent with voters by going into our third year talking about restrictions. Wait, you cause more harm than you prevent with voters by talking about restrictions. So don't talk about any more restrictions. Don't talk about them. And it just so happens that the restrictions are all falling aside. I just saw a tweet came down from uh, England. They are now, uh, they're scrapping their vaccine mandate for government workers, I believe. Uh, No word if they're going to reinstate all the people that they fired. It's amazing how fast this has happened. Now, you have the Blue Anon people which are like QAnon conspiracy theorists, but they're of the left. And so one of the main differences there is that when you are on the left and you engage and believe in conspiracies, um, the media treat you as still sane and credible. They, and media won't cover these, these crazy ideas and, except to report them as if they are credible. Think, think about like the mailboxes. Remember Donald Trump was running around the country stealing all the mailboxes so people couldn't mail in their ballots. Remember that one? That was blue and on. Okay, it's the most obvious example of it. Um, but here's a fellow on the Twitter machine, blue and on adherent, obviously. He says, you see, the difference is Democrats waited until much fewer folks were catching deadly COVID before moving on, which, of course, that's not true, right? The Omicron uh, variant ripped through the population. We had higher case counts than anywhere, and you saw spikes and overwhelming of the hospitals, we were told. But to Blue and on, facts don't matter because they don't have to. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. So I shared this impact research memo, a literal memo, talking point memo, telling Democrats, hey, here is how you need to uh, start talking about COVID. You need to take the win, declare victory, claim credit for ending the COVID crisis phase of the COVID war and providing um, economic stability to Americans. And then they go through, declare the crisis phase over, push for feeling and acting more normal, recognize people are worn out uh, and feeling harm from the restrictions and take their side and acknowledge COVID still exists and likely will for a long time, but don't set COVID zero as the victory condition and stop talking about restrictions and the unknown future ahead. So I shared that yesterday because I'm a giver and I sent it out onto Twitter, onto the North Carolina politics hashtag. It's NCPOL, by the way. If you're on Twitter, that is where all of the North Carolina political action occurs. And so you can go over there. And uh, I shared it out, and it, it got a lot of traction. Because lo and behold, people are kind of interested to know that the Democratic Party is looking to claim credit for beating COVID. Why? Well, they have to because they need the off-ramp before the election because everybody has soured on, well, the very things that the Democrats have been doing. So they need to shift gears. 
Now, I don't know if the science is settled on that, but uh, that's what they're being advised to. And uh, on its website, this research group, Impact Research, they list Governor Cooper, Attorney General Stein, and the North Carolina Senate Democrats, the state Senate Democrats, as clients. So I send this out, and then I got what is called in the Twitterverse, it's called a subtweet. You know what a subtweet is? It is when somebody responds to you but doesn't tag you in their post, right? So they just say something as if they're just saying something, you know, completely off the top of their head and random and not a response or a reply to you or anybody in particular. Just feel like I need to say this, right? And so I actually, I, I, I mock these people who subtweet and I will post stuff up there and I'll say, I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but, and then I make it very clear who it is I'm talking to. Anyway, so the guy who subtweeted me yesterday was Travis Fain. The only reason, and look, I don't care. I'm, I don't bring to you all of the subtweets and all of the Twitter action. I don't do all of that because it's prolific. Okay. I'm a giver. What can I say? And I'm all about solutions, too. Like, yesterday, I was working very hard to get the word votainer. I think I got I think I think got Western Carolina political science uh, uh, guy Chris Cooper on board with votainer instead of top vote getter, which is a terrible term. Needs to be retired. Anyway, Travis Fain, he's the political reporter guy at WRAL, which is sort of the, the 800-pound gorilla of... Uh, TV, of political TV news. This is the company owned by uh, Capital Broadcast Company and Research. Uh, This is the company that's uh, owned by Jim Goodman, big-time donor to leftist causes, nonprofits and the like. This is uh, Jim Goodman, who also went out and hired Seth Efron, uh, who was a former comms guy for two previous Democratic governors, Easley and Purdue, and then had him write op-eds. Oh, because he was also a former reporter. And so now he writes op-eds on WRAL's website. I don't know why. Sorry, editorials. He writes editorial pieces expressing the views of the Capital Broadcast Company, which is totally different than the newsroom. But the website has those editorials. It also has the political cartoons drawn by the, what is he, like a 7th grade, 8th grade social studies teacher who's a raging leftist. Although his name is perfect for a political cartoonist. His last name is Drawn. So, um, yeah, remember he got in all the trouble because he uh, depicted the state's first black lieutenant governor as a member of the Klan. Because he's a Republican, so naturally he's a Klansman uh, to that left winger. Anyway, Travis Fain sent out a tweet saying, I think some peop- something people are missing or purposefully ignoring for the sake of bad faith argument. When it comes to, quote, following the science is that Policies and mandates only work if people adopt them. The best mask, as doctors often say, is the one you wear. Which is not to say don't question your leaders when they switch gears. Do so, but also look out the window before you go about the weather, you know? So what is he doing there? He's trying to push back without obviously pushing back, but he's trying to push back against me and this memo. Nothing to see here. Pay no attention to the the consultant behind the curtain. That is, this is not the story you are looking for. Move along. Move along. Right? 
This is a dismissal. Meanwhile, this same guy, Travis Fain, expressed... We, the, well, I will say this. There, there are a few folks that I converse with in state politics who call this Travis Fain's Dear Diary tweets. Dear Diary. Like, if you just stick that term in front of some of his tweets, they make a lot more sense. He writes these lamentations, or sometimes I'll refer to them as Travis's musings, a reference to the old King of the Hill TV show. Travis's musings, where he can't believe all of the the fundraising emails he's been getting from these Republicans. It's crazy. Now, Travis has never had a similar musing about the Democratic fundraising emails that are, you know, they are constructed in the exact same way. And look, I get all of them. It's pretty gross. I get all of them, and I delete. I spend most of my day deleting emails. So that's the price you pay. It's drinking from a fire hose. But he feels the need to go out and, and comment to everybody, to, to preen to everyone that, I get all these GOP fundraising emails and I don't understand them. Well, then, maybe you shouldn't be covering politics. Just spitballing on that one. By the way, to answer the question that everybody is asking, yes, I also watched the city council meeting last night. Got a couple of sound bites from that, too. But I, I know they were, everybody wants to know that. Um, ah, the State of the Union drinking game. Print a copy of the impact research memo, and then every time Biden makes a reference from the memo, highlight it and take a drink of some Russian vodka. <laughs> Well, you better have bought it before today because Roy Cooper took it all off the shelves of the ABC stores because that's how you heard him. Look, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. No, I, I, by the way, I support that. I'm totally fine with them taking all the... I mean, look. Idols, imagery. Um, no, I, maybe not idols, but uh, right, these these images, I should say. They, they have power, right? I'm not saying you subsume all to the imagery or the idols or uh, the, the stories. But the stories and these things have power, and they can unify people. Like, uh, you've probably heard this, uh, the story of this uh, fighter pilot flying over Ukraine. They call him the ghost of Kiev. I don't care if it's true or not. Like, I, I really I do not care if it's true or not. It's a good story. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend, Right? And if that's what people need in their time of battle, then I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, Democratic governors looking for Bi- uh, look to Biden for a political reset. This is the headline at the New York Times yesterday. That Democratic governors and their allies are expressing deep anxiety about the political conditions facing their party as President Biden's approval rating slumps in a year when three dozen governorships are on the line, including in some of the nation's most important battleground states. At a weekend fundraising retreat in South Florida. It really is amazing how many of the branch COVIDians go to Florida. They're so terrified of dying of COVID, and yet they all go to Florida. Well, I hear the weather is nice this time of year. 
That's true. So they go to this retreat. You got governors, candidates for governor, and donors. They all acknowledge that voters' frustration with the lingering pandemic was damaging the party more than expected. They hoped that Mr. Biden's State of the Union address might serve as a pivot point, if you will, coming at the convergence of three major events that could reorder the existing political landscape. The Russian invasion of Ukraine, Mr. Biden's first Supreme Court nomination, and the loosening of many coronavirus restrictions. Wow, what a political coincidence. We get all three of these things at the same time. This could really work to our advantage. Hashtag unexpectedly. The environment is not where we want to be right now, said Governor Roy Cooper of North Carolina, the chairman of the Democratic Governors Association, which organized the event. So Roy Cooper went to Florida to talk about how they can pivot away from COVID. He says, I believe it's going to get substantially better, though. Says the environment is not where we want to be right now, but I believe it's going to get substantially better. So here's a question. And I know I'm asking this as, you know, just some just some guy on the radio. But uh, do you believe that Roy was guided only by the science and data? Do you think that maybe there was a teensy weensy little bit of politics involved in any of the decisions at any point over the last two years just a tiny little bit could there be i look i know this is a pretty big question for our political press corps in this state who for some reason are highly attuned to any kind of political machinations that exist on the right they're i mean super super sensitive hair trigger Like, as soon as a Republican says or does something, it's, like, automatic. Like, what are the political motivations for this? They see see political motives behind everything Republicans do every time. They never see these things in the Democrats. Sometimes they'll cover a horse race primary kind of thing, but never like this. Think about that. Roy Cooper, our governor, who has put us under the restrictions that he did for two years— and just vetoed the bill that would take the masks off the kids in K through 12. Right? Just did that the other day. I think he was at, that was veto number 4072, I think. And he just did that. And now he's in South Florida, of all places. He's in Florida talking with his fellow Democratic governors and candidates for governor about how look at us loosening the restrictions around COVID and his research firm impact research the one that he's tied to they just put out the memo saying hey everybody claim victory that you defeated covid we got to get back to normal here or else you're going to get wiped out in the election is it possible that any of these decisions might have had just a teensy weensy bit of politics involved in them i'm just asking questions the answer is obviously yes it's obviously yes but Getting that story is difficult and might burn some bridges amongst some Democrat officials. So I suspect we will not ever hear how much politics was involved.